Welcome to the Peter Gabbett Podcast, folks. It is Monday, March 2nd, which means I'm on day 79 of 365 promised episodes that brings you unscripted, unedited, improv movies, news, music, sports, entertainment, and all things except politics. Let's talk movies for a second, folks. Spies in Disguise. Yes, a kid's movie starring Will Smith as the main character, Tom Holland, second to him. A lot of us know Tom Holland as Spider-Man. But, you know, he does other things, too. And in this animated film, he's actually pretty good with his voiceovers, and Will Smith, obviously, is great. However, I will say, I think there's a theme song that goes along to this movie that is a lot of Will Smith trying to rap again, and it's just not that great. And I gotta admit, I always liked him better as an actor and did not like him as a rapper at all. Except Summertime was a pretty good song. But I gotta admit... I was still engaged the entire time in the movie. Spies in Disguise. Great action. A lot of 90s throwbacks. Thank you, Will Smith. You know, some adult humor in there. It depicts Will Smith's spy character. He's like the the most badass spy you've ever seen in your whole life. Turns into a pigeon for the ultimate disguise. And from that point on, it's just trials and tribulations of trying to catch a bad guy as a pigeon and having Tom Holland, whose character is a, you know, nerdy inventor, be his secondary, you know, his second man. And I just got to say, I give it a 5.5 out of 10. You know, for a kid's movie, for a cartoon, I watched it beginning to end. I was, I was satisfied with it. Will I see it again? Probably not. But for a kid's movie, I give it... 5.5 out of 10. Folks, once again, the Clippers proved that they are championship material, beating the Philadelphia 76ers in a game that went back and forth the entire time, with an end result of 136 to 130 in favor of the Clippers. I was impressed with both teams to the highest degree. Everybody was playing phenomenally. I just found out the name of a guy I'd never even heard of, Shake Milton. Yes, his name is Shake of the 76ers. Some people call him Chocolate Shake and, you know, Little Baby Shake and all this other stuff. I don't know what his stupid nicknames are. I don't care, but he was amazing for Philadelphia. I'm not going to lie. I like watching the kid play, although I always prefer the Clippers to win, which did happen, and I like that even better. Montrez Harrell proving to all of us that he is a force to be reckoned with in the post. That guy can breeze right past you for a dunk. He can lay it up with three guys guarding him and take the foul too. His only issue is he's not great at foul shooting. The Clippers have always had somebody who's not very good at the line, but every other aspect of their game is phenomenal. Case in point, DeAndre Jordan, Blake Griffin, and now Montrez Harrell. But regardless of all of that, folks, you are going to hear this guy's name more and more. He gets better every year. He averaged like three points when he came into the league, then eight the next year, then 11, then 15. Now he's averaging like over 18 points a game, not to mention his defense. He blocks shots. He's great at rebounding. Montrez Harrell is the key to the Clippers' victory in a championship scenario. I believe that if they play the way they played yesterday against Philadelphia, then there is no one that can stop them, not even Milwaukee. Let's see what happens come postseason. 
Well, folks, we have reached a new level in the real-life Terminator scenario at MIT. One of their robots, a learning robot, yes, a learning robot, was given a challenge of learning how to stand, which it figured out in, like, minutes, and then within seven hours, it learned how to walk. So what's next? It's going to learn how to hold a gun and start shooting human beings. I'm telling you, this stuff is going to spiral out of control quickly. I'm not one of those freaks who doesn't think AI should exist whatsoever. I believe that it will help us. Artificial intelligence will make life easier. You know, let's say your toaster learns on its own that you like your toast a specific way because you always stop it at that exact moment. And if you go overboard, it can sense that you threw it in the trash. Things like that are great because then your life will be luxurious and everything will be perfect every day. But if you teach, if you create, I should say, robotic AI that can learn things then is it not going to learn eventually that it was created by us and not want to be in our control anymore? I mean, that's exactly how the human mind works. So we're just giving, we're giving the Terminator scenario a greater chance at existing by doing things like this. You know, give it 50, maybe 100 years, and we'll be fighting off T-1000 with whatever we got left, which won't be much after the coronavirus wipes us all dry. This coronavirus thing, by the way, getting so out of hand, it's not as bad as everyone says. Now the stock market is failing on account of this coronavirus scare. We're at a level of crisis in the stock market that we haven't seen since 2009, I should say. This is crazy. I mean, I feel like everything's the same as it was six months ago where I live. Nothing has changed. San Diego County, the exact same thing. But there's other places where they are freaking out, buying all the waters off the shelves of every store, buying all these face masks and walking around thinking that protects them. I mean, this coronavirus thing is nuts, folks. I think we all just need to take a deep breath, not breathing in coronavirus as we do it, and, you know, just look around. Who do you know that actually has this? I know no one. So I'm not worried about it yet. I've been sick for like a year. I'm sick every day. I got a sickness right now. I got something in my throat. You know, my freaking lymph nodes are swollen, but it's not the coronavirus. It's whatever other cold or flu symptoms I have all the time living in between two major cities, one being Tijuana. And hip-hop news, folks, it looks like Chuck D and Flavor Flav have parted ways due to a spat involving Chuck D doing a performance at the L.A. campaign of Bernie Sanders. Yes. <laughs> I don't even know how that makes sense at all. That's a weird combination of people, Chuck D and Bernie Sanders, whatever. I mean, whatever you have to do as a candidate to reach and get somebody to perform at your thing, you know. And all politics aside, Flavor Flav, I used to think this guy was a moron. You know, I saw him on his Flavor of Love show. He, he seemed borderline mentally handicapped. But he's actually a fairly intelligent individual, I am embarrassed to say. 
And whatever his reason behind this, I'm sure it's a good one. I gotta say, it sucks to see two old-school hip-hop legends part ways like this over something stupid. But in the end, you know, you just gotta say, hopefully they'll get over this and will one day again see that hype man wearing a clock, screaming power to the people, you know, at a show involving him and legend Chuck D. Public Enemy isn't the same with only one guy. It doesn't make any sense. You know, I don't know. I just say, good for you, Flavor Flav, for standing up for what you believe in. And Chuck D., you know, who really cares about you? I keep seeing ads for gaming chairs. And now, I just saw an ad for a gaming bed. A gaming bed. You can sit and sloth around all day in a bed and play video games. And it's ergonomically legit for you so that you won't hurt your back or whatever. I mean, this is pathetic. A gaming bed? Get your ass up and go outside. What the hell? I mean, I'm I'm like a, a 1% gamer. You know, there's some games that I kind of care about a teeny little bit, enough to play them, but almost none at all. And for some reason, I've always been the one who buys the brand new system right when it comes out, only to once again realize that I don't really play video games, and I just have it sitting there collecting dust. Just like my PS4 with the VR, I don't play the VR, ever. And I have every game that exists for VR, but it's just because I have it there in case... My little nephews and nieces are over, or my kids are being really crazy and I need to preoccupy them. They can enter the Oasis and play the VR and see a different world. But this gaming bed is just downright pathetic. Get up off your ass and do something else. And how do you make enough money doing anything that you can sit, or I mean, I should say lay, in a bed all day... And play video games. Uh, I mean, I understand that some people actually make money off of playing video games. I mean, good for you. You've done what many kids dreamed of back when I was young. Getting paid to sit around and waste your life. But is that really what you want? You want to just become a diabetic, fat, hardly able to move, weak pathetic ball of slime that just sits there and talks crap to other people through a headset and and cyber bullies other players in Call of Duty and whatever crazy new games that are out that I have no idea because I'm so far out of the loop I got nothing. This is getting wildly out of control. Never ever will I buy my children a gaming bed. You can quote me on that one. Now, I've heard of U-Haul, but what about U-Mall? Well, that's what they should have called this truck, a U-Haul truck that mauled down some people in front of a bar in Encinitas. Yes, it crashed into a crowd of people. That is crazy. Get a hold of yourself, man. You can't drive a U-Haul truck on the street. You somehow smash into a crowd of human beings that are in front of a bar on the sidewalk? Jeez, how much did you have to drink while you were hauling things? Well, as it turns out, this man was a drunken patron of this bar minutes before he mauled down a ton of people in front of it. 
Yeah, he was so mad because due to his level of intoxication, he was cut off and told to leave the saloon bar in Encinitas. And he just started ranting and raving and going crazy until the bouncers threw him on his ass and held him down and told him we're either calling the cops or you can get up and leave. He then told them he would be back in an hour and in much less time than an hour, he drove his U-Haul truck in a state of sheer intoxication onto the sidewalk and began to run over the other patrons of this bar. This guy is a real piece of work. Well, buddy, by the name of Christian, by the way, yep, what a, what a great name for a guy. You know, a, a fantastic religion, a terrible person. This guy named Christian uh, is now not only serving, you know, going to be serving a sentence for a DUI, but it looks like he's charged also with attempted murder. So one drunken night that you had in your world of craziness is now going to cause you to go to prison for years. You don't just jump out of jail with an attempted murder charge. You're screwed now, buddy. Hope you are, Christian. The only person who's going to forgive you after this is God himself. What a douche bag. Shark Tank star Barbara Corcoran lost 400 grand in an email scam proving that even Shark Tank people that are supposed to know how to do investments and what are legitimate businesses and what are not, are capable of being scammed simply by email. This is hilarious. To the person who got the 400 Gs, mad props to you. To the woman who lost the 400 grand, you're a dumbass. Basically, all this person did was send an email to her explaining that they needed 400 Gs for the renovation of a German apartment complex that she had invested in and she simply wired the money no questions asked and now the person is in the wind with that 400k oh man it makes me start thinking what should i do to try and scam one of these peeps i mean 400,000 to one of us would be a lot of dough to someone like barbara corcoran it's nothing you know she's going to make that up in the next episode like that. So she doesn't even care. She went on Twitter to say, ooh-hoo, lesson learned, whoopity-doo. Well, it's not lesson learned. It's a lesson found out about by us on how to scam people. So start getting your emails written, folks. Start sending them to everybody you know who has money. It's time to scam a quick 400 thou and pocket that ish and be out the door before anyone finds out it was you. Now, I just talked about Michaela Spielberg in the news recently because she's becoming a porn star and now she is in jail on a domestic violence dispute between her and her boyfriend in which she threw objects at him because he was being rude. Yes. I don't know why some ladies out there just think they can throw things at men and it's fine and Yet, no man should ever, ever touch a woman. We should just block the objects being thrown at us when they're mad because we said something rude. No, that is not how the world works. You can't throw objects at a person 
and expect that not to be the same thing as assault. Although I will say, for this guy, having his girlfriend arrested, that's pretty weak sauce. It turns out he didn't want to press charges anyways, but the police department went ahead with the charges on their own because her story changed multiple times when they asked her about what happened, which means she lied to them, and you just don't lie to the police or you're going to get screwed. Unless, of course, they have no proof of your lies, in which case, hang on to the lie for dear life because the second you do tell them the truth, you will get screwed anyway. Cops are corrupt. But in the case of Steven Spielberg's daughter, Michaela, it turns out she is the one who is just messed up in every way. She can't control her alcohol. She can't control herself throwing objects at her boyfriend. And now she, I'm not sure, will have any control over her career she's pursuing in the porn industry, which I still don't understand how, because she is hideous. Folks, it's time for the portion of the Peter Gabbett podcast we all love so very much, don't you know, laddie? It is Real Stories brought to you by Peter Hangst and Barbecusion, that's B-B-Q-U-S-I-O-N. And I hope you enjoyed my Irish accent, folks. Today I'm going to tell you the story about what we call a double standard in this world. Yes, when I was a kid, I was friends with this black kid who lived across the street from me. His grandparents took care of him because his parents were just worthless, I guess. And his grandparents were not very nice people. His grandfather was an uh, African-American gentleman who had been a uh, veteran in the United States military. So, you know, props to him for doing his hard work and paying his dues. However, he eventually used one of his purchased guns from his, you know, war-era time of being in the military and shot our next-door neighbor's dog because it was barking at night. And, of course, the police did nothing to him except take away his gun and then give it back to him a while later. So, his grandparents were piles of garbage, especially the lady. Yeah, his grandmother, an old, angry white woman, hated everyone in our neighborhood. Hated everything. I remember we had a basketball hoop in our front yard, and the ball would sometimes bounce across the street and touch the curb that led to her house. The curb, yes, the piece of concrete that's put there by the city to separate houses would get touched by our basketball, and that was enough for her to complain to the homeowners association and make us move our basketball court into our backyard where we couldn't even have it at the 10-foot level it was at. We had to put it at like a 5-foot level because we had an overhang in our backyard that was about 6 foot. So we hated this lady. But I was friends with her grandson, Sergio, which also doesn't make sense to me because I'm pretty sure that's a Spanish, if not Mexican name, but the kid was black. So my friend Sergio and I, we grew up together. I hung out with him all the time. Sometimes I would even go to their sketch, crazy grandparents' house where it was just super creepy and weird. But for the most part, he would come to my house where it was super laid back and my parents just, you know, let us hang out and do whatever. So one of the days that we stopped being friends was when his parents finally decided to take them, take the child back with them, and he no longer lived with his grandparents, so I never saw him, and we parted ways, you know, I actually lost track of him, there was no cell phones or Facebook or anything back then, 
So you basically, as a kid, you just forget about that guy and move on. So I had other friends in the neighborhood. didn't really matter to me. And then years later, I'm talking, I must have been probably 11 or 12. I was walking through the the trails that lead to what we called a big toy, but it was just a big park, you know, swing set, all that stuff. So I'm walking through the trails and I see Sergio sitting on the swing set. Wow, I see Sergio sitting on the swing set. That's a lot of alliteration. And he's just chilling there with like one of his buddies or something. And for some reason, he calls my friends and me a bunch of crackers. He says, hey, what up, crackers? Yo, mayonnaise, I ain't seen you in a while. Just trying to be all cool and tough or something. I really don't know what his problem was. But he just started talking mad shit to us. And I'm like, hey, man, you know, I haven't seen you in years. I thought we were friends. I don't know why you're you're calling us crackers. And he's like, oh, shut up, cracker. You don't like it? And just starts calling us all these racist names. So, of course, as an 11-year-old boy, the best way in my mind to get back at a little black kid for calling me a racist name was, of course, to call him the N-word. You know, because that's what you do as a little kid. You match the person's crap talk. You know, he was saying cracker to me, so I said the N-word to him. Now, I won't even say it on my show because I'm certain somebody will be offended. But for some reason, it was just fine that he was calling us a cracker. You know, it was no big deal. Hey, you, yo, mayonnaise. You know, he was calling us all every name in the book you can think of for a white person, which I really didn't care, but I knew I could get under his skin if I talked crap about his skin. So I called him the N-word, and I just moved on, whatever, and went and hung out with my friends. I came back home later that evening, and my mom was pissed. She was told by his grandmother, the crazy psycho woman who lived in our neighborhood and hated everybody, that I walked straight up to him at a park and started calling him the N-word and treating him poorly because he was black. Of course, that's what he told her. What a pile of garbage he was. I told my mom straight up what happened. I was like, no. I tried to be friends with the dude when I saw him at the park because we used to be best friends when we were kids. I had no idea why he had this animosity towards me. And he started calling us every racist name in the book for a white person. But of course, as a whitey, we're not supposed to get offended by these type of things. No, because we were never poorly treated, you know, in the as slaves back then and and there's no reparations that we we require from everyone else. But none of that matters to any of us because I've never had a family member whatsoever who lived in the south. My family came here from Germany long after the civil rights movement and his family came here from wherever, I'm sure but absolutely none of them were slaves, even if his great-great-great-great-grandparents or something were slaves. You're pretty far separated from that when you live in an Oregon neighborhood where everybody's just having a good time, just living their lives, and you come at me calling me a cracker. So, of course, there was a dispute then with his crazy white grandmother who came out to the street and began screaming at us about how terrible we were for calling her grandson the N-word. Yep, we're so bad for this. And I yelled back, no, you know what, screw you, you crazy cracker lady. That's what he was calling us. He was calling us racial slurs before I could even say hi to the guy. 
And that is why we retaliated in the way we did. But who ended up in trouble and who ended up getting off scot-free? Of course, nothing happened to him. You know, it's not even bad. You can call people crackers all you want. You know, whatever you want to call them. White people, who cares, right? We don't have feelings. But I got grounded for this. This was crazy. I was like, Mom, no. You can't ground me for for just simply retaliating after a guy was like constantly screaming at us. Just slurs over and over. Whatever. The double standard holds true whether it's children or adults. Which, you know, I don't agree with any of this anyways. I don't say that word to people. It's not okay. It's unacceptable to call black people the N-word. All right? I don't even know why they call each other that. I think that's pretty crazy and weird. That'd be like a white bunch of whiteies walking around just calling each other Nazis. Well, I don't want somebody to call me that. Because I'm not one. So, in the end, lesson to be learned, folks. Just don't ever drop the N-bomb on black people. It's not going to work out in your favor. No matter what scenario you're in, you'll be looked at as the bad guy. Because why? Because you're a whitey. And whiteies are always the bad guy. It's just the way it is. We've learned to accept it. I'm not even against it anymore. Whatever, I'm a bad guy. Screw it. I'll play their game. I will play anyone's game. I will not call people whatever they don't want me to call them. Or I won't just talk to them at all. Because if the fact is that they're easily offended by something that should mean nothing, because, I mean, we've been separated from that word's meaning for like over 150 years, all right? The 1840s are over. Slavery ended. I don't understand why people are even mad anymore, but I don't get it. They shouldn't be, but they are, so let it be. And that is the show for today, folks. I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you for tuning in. I love each and every one of you. Let me know how I'm doing. Shoot me an email. Hit me up through Twitter. You know, there's links to my YouTube on my account. Check out my videos. Subscribe to me. Sponsor me. Tell me what is up. I love you all, and I will talk to you tomorrow. Now, folks, in honor of that story I just told, I'm going to play a song for you that really shows you the word and the meaning behind the N-word. Here is Shame on a Blank Blank by Wu-Tang Clan. Shame on the nigga who tried to run game on the nigga Who buck wild with the trip blah 
act so thick, I'm fat. And yo, Ray came blowing and blew off your headphones black. Rap from yo, Cali to Texas. Smoother than Alexis. Now it's my turn to practice. Brothers approaching half step, but ain't heard half of it yet. And I bet you're not a fucking vet. So when you see me on the reel, forming like Voltron, remember I got deep like a baby seal. Same on the nigga who tried to run game on the nigga. Who fuck wild with the trigger? Same on the nigga who tried to run game on the nigga. I'll fuck your ass up. My vocal couldn't people with a pair of my focus. I'm no joker, play me as a joker. Be on it like a house on fire, smoke ya. Dudes be acting like the gangs anyway. Be like, warriors come out and play. Yeah. Yeah. Me, I get into shit, I let it like, like diarrhea. Got burnt once, but that was only gonorrhea. 30, I keep shit stage in my drawers so I can get 